Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am your host, your personal growth coach, and your goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan. Star Style is brought to the airwaves under the species of Be the Star You Are charity. And like always, we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, where we hope that you strive and seek and search and soar for the stars. And of course, we want you to land on them, because I personally believe that you have everything you need to be the writer, producer, director, and the star of your own life. In today's show, we're going to be talking about lover spats and how it concerns money. I mean, Valentine's is over, but hopefully that love keeps on growing and the future of your relationship may depend on how you handle your finances. So love and many money are intimate bedmates and we're going to give you some strategies to help you navigate that. Also, if you are buying foods with whole grain labels, you probably think you are making healthy choices, but you may want to think again because the term whole grain has become meaningless. So we're going to discover those fraudulent red flags and advertising tricks that could compromise your well-being. And then finally, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my childhood and the rooster that changed my life, Chanticleer. And I'll give you that backstory of how I became known as the chicken lady, as well as give you a couple of tips for February gardening. And finally, the beat goes on as we will talk about the benefits of that incredible root vegetable beet. So a very informative show today. Sit back, relax, grab your glass of wine or your cup of tea, whatever time of day it is for you in whatever area, and enjoy. The Miracle Moment is brought to you from Be The Star You Are charity, now gearing up for spring events. Make a donation at bethestarur.org and get involved. This is from C.S. Lewis. Do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Just act as if you did. And when you're behaving as if you love someone, you will presently come to love him. I really like that because I think that's an important thought that um, if we act in a certain way, we actually become that. You know, that really ties into my whole motto of be the star you are. 
Well, um, I am a very dedicated um, investor with Charles Schwab, and I love getting their investing magazine. And Carrie Schwab Pomerantz, who is the daughter of uh, Charles Schwab himself, she's also the president of the Charles Schwab Foundation and a senior vice president of the community services. I really do love um, uh, the articles that she writes. And one of the articles that she wrote recently that I thought was really telling was about um, love and money. And I thought I would share some of those key points with you because having been in a long-term relationship, marriage myself, I do know that money is the thing that sort of divides you. you. You know, we're all raised differently and we all have a different outlook on what money is. I mean, I... I came from absolutely nothing, a farm background, worked my way, as you'll hear in segment three, always had to work from the time I was a toddler, pretty much, um, to pay my my own education and my own college and, you know, my <laughs> moving out, everything on my own. And however, I have always felt that I am totally abundant. I've always felt that I have everything I need and I always feel like the universe you know, is overflowing with good stuff and that I am deserving and I'm going to just be taken care of if I work hard enough and strive hard enough and, you know, treat people well. But sometimes um, other people may think differently. And both my husband and I have different views of what abundance is. So for me, it's kind of a roof over my head and food in my belly and enough money to pay the bills and You know, I'm not a big jewelry person or I don't have to have new clothes and all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm probably inexpensive um, as far as uh, women go in a relationship. However, it could be that you have a different relationship. So some of the key points that she brought out was from your first date to walking down the aisle that you have to think about how love and money go together and you need to be open about financial issues from day one in any relationship. And you have to learn how to positively handle money with uh, three crucial times in your life. And she doesn't want to be on romantic, she says, but with Valentine's Day, it's now in our rear view mirror, she was really contemplating how complicated relationships are and how money can be one of the stickier points. So what she wrote about is how on a journey from the first date to happily ever after, there are so many different financial concerns that can cause many, many bumps in the road because love affects not only your heart, but your wallet. So while she is a true believer in romance, she also wanted to be very realistic about the importance of dealing with financial issues openly and in the spirit of helping today's couples understand how finances impact a relationship, she um, listed some thoughts on how to handle money questions at three points in your love life and how it can work out. And the first one started with the dating game. Who pays for what? And I loved the show, The Dating Game. Actually, when I was in college, I was on it, (laughs) the original one, and that was really pretty fun. But if dating didn't come with enough uncertainties, you know, money really does add another layer of concern because you don't know who pays for what. I mean, in 
the old days or traditionally, it was always the male that was expected today to pay. But a lot has happened um, in the last, you know, 20 years or so. There's a changing gender and economic roles. They've pretty much tossed all those old traditions to the wind. And so it's probably good right up front to think about how you're going to handle the cost of getting to know each other. And especially like going out to dinner these days, it's really expensive. I mean, I was looking at menus um, in the top 100 restaurants for San Francisco, for example, and I was really surprised at how many had these fixed prices, you know, the uh, the prix fixé. Now, I can see a prix fixé maybe being, I don't know, uh, $50 or less, or maybe $75, but when you start adding in the tip and everything, you're looking at, and that's not including alcohol, you are looking at a pretty hefty bill. And some of them that were in San Francisco, there were menus that were $290 per person, plus gratuity and plus tax. Now, for some people, that's a month's rent to go out to dinner for one person, um, not counting for two. So how many people really can afford to do that? So on a first date, it's really not unusual for the person who asks the you know the other person to pick up the check. However, it could be appropriate for either person to chip in. And probably as time goes on, sharing costs of a date will make either, you know both parties maybe more comfortable. Unless one party specifically says, "Hey, I've got big bucks. I want to pay for everything. You know, the date's on me." That's something. Or if you're splurging for uh, just a happy time, you know, want to give your your significant other or your date a um, something special, well, then perhaps, you know, then one person would pick up the tab. But whether a couple is splitting the tab or taking turns paying, unless one of you has a significantly greater income than the other, cost sharing seems to be fair. And it doesn't have to be complicated. You just have to be considerate and conscientious and conscious of everyone's budget and that could be the beginning of a very good relationship. In other words, be upfront, state what you're willing to pay, and then you know make the dates that you can um, accurately afford. And don't try to go over budget because there's nothing worse than racking up more credit card debt or going in over your head and then you know not being able to pay your rent or not being able to put food on the table or whatever it is. The next thing is the second most important part is, are you going to move in together? And what Carrie is saying, there is a financial side of sharing an address because it's a huge emotional step. And it's also a very, very big financial step from the housing costs to -to day-to-day living expenses to entertainment to all utility bills to parking, whatever it is. And for the sake of your relationship, you really need to talk about things in advance and decide how you're going to spend your money individually or as a couple. For example, if you're renting, are you going to split the rent 50-50? Or if one of you owns the home and has a mortgage, how much is the other one going to contribute to the house payment? If you have to buy some big ticket um, items like furniture or appliances, you know, like a washing machine, a dryer, a refrigerator, are you going to share the costs? Are you each going to pay for different items? And likewise, day-to-day costs, they can really trip you up if you don't agree on how you're going to share them. 
And those include the utilities. And, you know, as we all know, utility bills are going up, up, up. Water, gas, electricity, garbage, all of those things. The cable, the Internet. Um, Do you have a cleaning service? What about groceries? Are you going to have each buy your own groceries? Are you going to share groceries? Are you going to have this is my side, this is your side? You have to really figure out how you're going to divide them out up, and you need to talk about this in advance. Uh, one approach is to come up with the monthly household budget, and then each of you contribute an equal amount. If one of you earns more than the other, maybe the person who is the high earner could offer to cover a bigger percentage of the bills. I remember, again, years ago when my husband and I were dating, uh, we our very first together big splurge item, and you'll probably laugh, was a, um, a raft, a water raft, because we were big uh, white water rafters. And together we chipped in and we bought this raft. And we used to joke, if we split up, who was going to get the raft? And we'd say, well, we have to cut it in half. And, of course, the joke's on us. If you cut a white water raft in half, you have nothing of nothing because it would not float. But that was our first thing. <laughs> and, you know, fortunately, it ended up all right. And, and we both got to enjoy the raft. Now, another big uh, thing of, of paying for um, living expenses when you're moving in together would be entertainment and travel that's a real big point for discussion because um you know again what the higher earner can always treat the other person if you're comfortable doing that but nobody should feel taken advantage of and nobody should feel indebted and that's a a real key issue and you know some people like expensive vacations some people like all-inclusive vacations other people like to backpack and just to kind of land where they may be and eat street food and can go on the cheap. Again, I know that uh, in in my travel days, it was always, you know, finding the cheapest airfares, staying in hostels, doing backpacks, whatever it was. There's not a right or a wrong way to go about anything. You just have to find out what is your, going to work for your, you know, your relationship, what's the right balance for you. And Uh, The most important thing is to think ahead and to always be fair. And then the next big step, if you are getting married. So marrying your finances. These are some questions to ask. So once you get married, you really have to be a team. And you have to have the same financial values, which can be an important part of your life together. However, a lot of times you have really different financial expectations and different ways of savings uh, and all of that. I am a big proponent in having a yours, a mine, and ours accounts so that each person always feels that they have their independence and they have, you know, some money to spend without having to always um, go to the other person and say, hey, I wanted to go buy this. It's the, again, it's the idea of, of being um, careful, of being of putting the right amount into the R's account so that you're both contributing and not going over budget. So here are some questions that can help you and your partner explore those personal feelings and those behaviors around money. And of course, you can write down as many other questions as you want. The most important thing is to be honest and forthcoming because you are cementing your emotional as well as your financial relationship. 
So one thing to discuss is how did your parents handle money and what did they teach you about money in the process? You know, where were they affluent? Were they stingy? You know, were they affluent and stingy? Were they poor but generous? Uh, do you agree? You know, were they just, were they middle class and they just had middle class tastes? What's important to you? Do you want to have fun today? Worry about money tomorrow? Do you want to save for your future? You know, I I just have to say, no matter who you are, you should be saving a little bit every month for, uh, for your future. The recommended amount is like 10% of whatever you're earning you put away into a 401k or an IRA, a Roth IRA or a SEP or something that is a savings account that you'll tap into once you get older. Because you know what? You get older really fast. Now, if you get an unexpected bonus or a windfall, are you going to think about saving it, spending it? You know, one of the things we had to do uh, when we were working as kids, and as I said, all of my, everybody in my family, we all started working really, really young. I think I was three when I started collecting cleats, which um, I know you're thinking probably shoe cleats, but these cleats were these little spacers that went in between the racks uh, at the fruit sheds where fruit was dried. And so as a toddler, I was given like a penny or something for every cleat that I would find on the ground and then bring back to the main station and put it in the box for the foreman to put between the trays. And, you know, so everything that we ever earned, um, we were instructed to save it. And we were allowed to spend a little bit. So we would put a little bit into, okay, this is going to be, you know, to buy something that we may need, maybe put towards shoes, and then the rest was to go to savings. But that was the way that we that we were shot, we were told, and it was a good way to work. So, how would you rank your various life goals? Um, do you want to buy a house? Do you want to secure retirement? Do you want to travel? Are you going to have kids? Do you want to pay for your kids' um, college? Are you a generous? Do you want to uh, get involved in philanthropy? Do you always donate? You know, what is the biggest money mistake you ever made? And think about that. And what is your smartest decision? And what did you learn from these experiences? I can say that one of my, in my opinion, biggest money mistakes, and to me, it seemed like a lot of money. I know it probably wasn't, but I trusted a broker, and not a Charles Schwab broker, but just a traditional broker that you paid a commission to, to advise me on my very first investment. And he advised me to buy this gold mine, which immediately he took his commission and it immediately went bankrupt and I lost all my money. And so that's why I decided I'm not listening to anybody anymore. I'm going to do my homework and I'm going to figure it out myself. And that way, if I lose uh, anything or everything, it's my fault. But I won't forever feel badly about having somebody else lose my money. Now, that's just me. Now, how much debt do you have and what is your philosophy on debt? One thing I just want to caution everyone about, and I'm not a financial planner, but I think I'm smart about money, and that is don't have credit card debt. If you do not put anything on a credit card that you cannot pay off every single month, because no matter what your percentage rate, it adds up really quickly, and then you are going to be in debt forever. And I know people who 
have, um, you know, gotten out of college and had $25,000 in in debt and then, you know, bought furniture and took a trip and did this and that. And before you know it, they were $100,000 in debt on numerous credit cards and they just can't get out of it because it just keeps compounding and the debt gets bigger. And, you know, so if you are having that problem, consider consolidating, get some help, find out what you can do to get out of debt because credit card debt is one of the worst. That's why they, everybody is always sending you credit card, uh, you know, invitations. I get it like two or three at least a week. So how good at you are paying your bills on time? And do you know what your credit rating is? If you don't know your credit rating, find out. You can get a free credit report from the three credit bureaus three times a year. And again, if you want my advice on paying your bills on time, I'm just one of these. As soon as the bill comes in, I just pay it that day. And that way, um, I know it's done. If for any reason I'm really busy that day, I have radio shows or garden articles to write or meetings or coaching, whatever, I have a special box that I put it in my inbox and I check it every day to see what's due so that nothing ever gets overlooked. Now, are you inclined to keep your current assets separate or do you want to combine everything? And how about your debt? So I already discussed that and that, of course, is up to you. So I hope that you realize that as financially compatible as the two of you might be saying you are you could be compatible too and so saying I do doesn't mean you have to share absolutely everything I really like to have a little autonomy and I like having that yours mine and ours approach so you can keep some accounts separate for your personal expenses have a joint account for shared expenses decide how much you're going to put into the pot And take that same approach to everything, to your assets, to your bills, um, to everything that you accumulate during your marriage. You know, there's no exact formula. Uh, You'll have to figure it out for yourself. The idea, again, is balance, balance, balance. It's your relationship. And the key is to take care of yourself and to take care of each other. And money doesn't seem uh, very romantic, that's for sure. And we can splurge, you know, once in a while. It's just a matter of staying out of debt. And that is a really important part of taking care of one another. So when we come back from break, um, we are going to continue this conversation and we will be talking about foods with whole grain labels and what you need to know. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. My name is Cynthia Bryan and I'd love you to stay with me. Be the star you are, the star you Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, 
book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called. Well, before I start to talking to you about the truth about whole wheat and whole grains, speaking of being um, a, a passion expert, I wanted just to give you a tip for compassion because to be, um, you know, if you want to be passionate, you also have to have compassion. So I want to say that we have to be really thoughtful of other people because other people, even if you're having a difficult time, other people might be suffering as well and they may be trying not to show it. So you always have to recognize that reality and be empathetic. And also when one acts or responds negatively towards you for no apparent reason, instead of getting angry, understand that their attitude or response may have nothing to do with you whatsoever. That's sort of like road rage when somebody flips you off and you think, my goodness, what a jerk. And you want to return that. Well, you know what? Maybe they're in pain. Maybe they just had something really bad happen to them or negative or somebody died or somebody's sick or maybe they're just angry about something else. So just recognize that reality and don't react in a negative way. And do remember that the greatest gift we can give ourselves and others is often just to pause, take a break, breathe and know that negative stimulus and our reaction are kind of two different things and that that pause might put compassion and empathy into perspective and in that way you'll be able to be more passionate so this is really fascinating about the truth about whole wheat whole grains and with the what the advertising says and you are listening to star style be the star you are we're coming to you live on the voice america network this is the empowerment channel and my name is cynthia bryan I was really surprised about this, um, and I had to bring it to the attention of my husband, who is always trying, you know, to get all the best, the best ingredients and foods that he buys, and anything, you know, obviously that I grow, I know that it is healthy. But where I've given up, you know, having white bread and white rice and white pasta and all of that, I'm always looking for whole grains and whole wheats. However, what's very interesting is that um, although the best ways to get fiber and antioxidants and other nutrients that fight our weight gain and cancer and diabetes and heart disease is through a diet rich in whole grains, only 8% of U.S. adults eat three servings a day of the recommended um, amount that's recommended by the federal government because complications are that finding the foods that live up to actually being 
whole grains and high fiber is really, really tough. The grocery stores are just bulging with breads and cereals and crackers and pizza doughs, all claiming that they're made with whole grains. And, and by the way, that market is going to grow 7 to 10% um, in the next year to an estimated $46.2 billion by 20, um, 2022. The problem with these products is that these wholesome foods are not brimming with 100% grains that they appear to have because the standards for guiding whole grain claims are really, really low. In fact, Dr. David Ludwig, who is the director of Optimal Weight for Life at Boston Children's Hospital, says the term whole grain is absolutely meaningless. So what does that mean, absolutely meaningless? What is a person to do? Well, according to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, a whole grain food must contain all the components of a grain kernel. So what are all the components? That means it's the brain, the germ, and the innermost core of the kernel. And they have to be in the same proportion that's found in the kernel, regardless of whether the grain is finely ground up or is paired with some unhealthy ingredient. However, the Center for Science in the Public Interest, this is a nonprofit, it's a nutritional advocacy group, petitioned the F- FDA to address this misleading information about whole grain foods to make it clearer for consumers because you want to make the healthiest sh- uh, shopping choices, but you have to heed this advice. You've got to keep your eye out for these five uh, factors. When it says made with whole grains, That's a complete red flag. It sounds like it's going to be made with whole grains, right? It sounds like, wow, okay, this is a good product. This has to be healthy for me. This bread or this cereal or this cracker or whatever it is must have whole grains, all whole grains. But you know what? It's usually a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of whole grains because according to what the instructions say, a food can contain some whole grains, And that could be as little as one whole grain. And most of the product could be just total refined flours and garbage and sugar that could, you know, that could contribute to your weight gain and your, and, uh, you know, enhance diabetes problems. On the other hand, a food that says 100% whole grains, that's a good sign. If you don't see that that claim, then you got to really, really look at the ingredients because uh, foods that are not 100% whole grains probably have very little whole grains. Now, how can you look at an ingredient list and know where the foods are as far as what's good for you? I know um, we did a show about this a few years ago on how to look at an ingredient list, and here's what you have to look for. The first um, two or three ingredients are the most important. So if the first couple of ingredients listed are whole grains, then that is probably a good product. But if the next two or three are refined flours, then it's not a very healthy 
choice. So you want as many as three of the first ingredients to be totally 100% healthy, like whole grains. And then if it says flour or something else, then you're probably okay. But if the first the first ingredient is refined flour and then it's sugar and then it's a colorant, just put, put the package away. The next thing is super fine flours can be called whole grain as long as all three parts of a grain are present in the right proportions. But those grains can be pulverized into a flour, and the studies suggest that the body doesn't respond well to pulverized grains that are refined like that, you know, as white and even some whole wheat flours are. Whole grains where the kernel is relatively intact are the best way to go. So researchers believe that the digestive system absorbs finely milled grains more quickly. And since grains are carbohydrates, that sends blood sugar levels spiking if they're finely milled. So if it's like into a flour, I don't think it's going to be good for you. So whole grain kernels, they take longer to digest. And that probably helps you from being unhealthy. So you want to uh, refrain from the super fine flours that are called whole grain. Next thing is fiber. Fiber claims are very misleading because truly whole greens are a very good source of fiber and fiber regulates digestion and it affects how full you feel. And that's why paying attention to fiber content is a great indicator of how healthy a given food is. But there's a catch here too. Many grain-based foods are bulked up with added fiber in the form of cellulose or inulin which they don't have the same health benefits as naturally occurring uh, grains that you would get intact. The fourth sign is, um, and this is a tricky word as well, multigrain. Now, how often do you go and you find bread and it says multigrain? Well, I always think the word multigrain means more grains, so that has to be better for me, right? Well, that's wrong, or maybe I should say, Maybe not. It, it's maybe not right. Multigrain doesn't say anything about whether the grains are whole or refined. And any food that contains even a little sprinkling of more than one grain can use the term. And it doesn't matter if it's nutritious or not. So really be careful of that term multigrain. Again, go back to reading that ingredients list. That seems to be the smartest way to go is to read the ingredients list. Now, the fifth thing is not all whole grains are healthy. So just because something contains whole grains doesn't mean that it is a health food. Cereals and snack bars can be made with whole grains, but if they're loaded with sugar, salt, and artificial ingredients, are they healthy? Absolutely not. So just to recap what you're going to be looking for when you go to the store and you purchase whole grains is remember number one that a red flag is anything that says made with whole grains it has to say 100% whole grains in order to be really healthy number two super fined flowers um, they can be called whole grain but they are probably too pulverized to be any good for you. So that's another red flag. The third red flag, fiber content claims are totally misleading because fiber can be a good source. However, 
We don't know how this, uh, the grain-based foods are bulked up with added fiber, and it could be bad for you. The fourth one, that multigrain, it's a tricky word. It's a red flag. Uh, go back to your ingredient list, which I'll give you again at the end. And just remember that not all whole grains are healthy. And getting back to the ingredient list, make sure to read that ingredient list where the foods are listed in descending order by weight. So you want the first three foods that are listed to be the ones that are the majority of the content of your food. And then uh, as they go down, it can have other things in it. But you want the, the first three, uh, and it's better if you can have the first four to five to be really good, healthy things for you. So hopefully that will help you a bit. Now, while we're talking about health and healthy foods, one of my absolute favorite uh, foods are beets. And beets are really, really good for you. When um, I grow beets, and I will also, when I don't have any beets, I will buy beets at the store. But I always, always buy the entire beet because a beet, the entire thing is edible. The beets and the tops, and they're all incredibly delicious and good for you. So if you have, um, if uh, if you want to really, you know, boost your health, you're going to want to look at beets. They're called beta vulgaris. That's the common name for table beets, or other people call them beetroots. It's a taproot vegetable. And it comes in a lot of different varieties. There are sweet, there are golden, and they're not the same as sugar beets. Sugar beets are very high in uh, sucralose. Now, the health benefits with red and golden beets are really abundant. They have anti-inflammatory properties, and they help with diabetes by lowering your blood glucose and increasing your insulin sensitivity. They can... aid in heart health by reducing the risk of stroke and hypertension and by improving muscle power in heart failure patients. There was an article in Nutrients in 2014 that stated that individuals suffering from hypertension or peripheral artery disease, um, which is like blood flow disorders, could be relieved by regular consumption of nitrate-rich vegetables or use beetroot juice as a source for enhancing their blood flow both at rest and during exercise. There was also another story um, and, um, and research that was done that after drinking a couple of cups of beetroot juice, the blood pressure of healthy volunteers was significantly lowered. So it's a low-cost, effective treatment. I, I know that tart cherry juice has been kind of the power juice that athletes use and you know it's really been touted, but beet juice would be another really good one. It's also known, beets are also known as a um, performance booster. And what you can do is they're a source of fiber, folate, vitamins A and C, and heart-healthy potassium. The average beet, that's one that's about two inches in diameter, which isn't very big, that's a small beet, contains less than six grams of sugar, and it has a a plethora of, of phytochemicals and antioxidants. The nitrates that are found in the green leafy vegetables of celery and radishes, fruit and fruit vegetable uh, juices, 
Beets are even higher in those nitrates. The nitrates improve athletic performance, and they've been used in the uh, British Olympic track and field athletes. I thought that was interesting. The exact mechanism, they don't really know what does it, but studies suggest that when you eat nitrates from foods, they're converted into a nitrite in the body and eventually increase the level of nitric oxide, which is um, a blood vessel widener, so less oxygen is used to perform exercise. I thought that's interesting too. Uh, Let's see, what else is there really good about beets? Oh, um, the, there are some side effects for beet consumption because a high nitrate diet may negatively interact with certain medications or nitrite drugs. So if, like anything else, you want to talk to your doctor. And, um, according to the British Medical Journal, a certain percentage of the population suffers from a non-serious condition known as beeturia. I had never heard of this before. And it causes a red urine after consuming beetroot. But people suffering from kidney diseases should avoid beetroot because beetroot contains betaine, which increases total cholesterol level in the body. And individuals' kidney problems need to consult a doctor before they increase their betaine because they don't want to have complications. And, of course, with anything, you always just want to, you know, talk to your doctor. But how do you prepare beets? It's pretty easy. Um, You know, in addition to being juiced, they can be enjoyed by roasting, steaming, boiling, pickling, or they can even be raw. I like them a lot with goat cheese in a salad and apples. I think that they're, they're really good. And the way that I roast mine is I don't even peel them because I find it too hard to peel before they're cooked. So I just wash my beets. I stick them on a roasting pan in the oven. I sprinkle them with a little bit of olive oil just to kind of loosen them up, and I just let them roast. And then when they're warm, the the um, the skins just come right off. And I chop them up. I add some fennel, some garlic, a little more olive oil, you know, salt and pepper to taste. And I, I love them hot. I love them cold. And I just know that they are super, super good for me. So enjoy your beets. And when we come back from break, we're going to go into the garden. And I'm going to tell you about my favorite rooster who changed my life. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Be the star you are. The star you Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. By now, most of us know that women-owned firms continue to outpace the market. And they have very specific characteristics of women-owned business. Women-owned business and entrepreneurs, they place more value on relationships and collaboration than men-owned business. Women are more likely to seek out help from others, and women don't seem to be afraid to ask questions. Women are more proactive to embrace new technology. They value vendor support and service while making decisions. And although women still have lower credit, they seem to have more access to capital. Women are less likely to sell to small corporations 
And 42% of women are selling to government and large corporations. So you can tap into women businesses by understanding the women's market and what makes them tick. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Or call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-7827 to book your in-person or Skype consultation today. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out Well, I have something to crow about. You may or may not know that my nickname has been the Chicken Lady for many years. It's, it's probably not something that anybody really wants to be called. But um, having grown up on a farm, I raised chickens as a child. And... Eartha Kitt said, I raised chickens because I love that feeling of being in the country and living from the soil. Well, interestingly enough, Eartha Kitt wrote that as she was living in Beverly Hills. (laughs) So she was raising chickens in her Beverly Hills backyard. Well, with 2017 being the year of the rooster, I just wanted to share my gratitude to the poultry that have graced my life and made me who I think I am today, or helped me get to where I am today. So Chanticleer might be the reason I am where I am. When I was eight years old, I announced to my parents that I wanted to be able to go to college. And since my grandparents had barely finished sixth grade and the other grandparents eighth grade, and my parents barely had high school diplomas, I was going to be the first person in my family to strive for that university degree. And it was decided that the only way this dream would be possible would be if I financed it myself. So my brilliant idea was to raise chickens, sell the eggs, and enter competitions at fairs to earn the cash that I would need to go to college. So my first clutch of chickens yielded me nine pullets and three cockerels. Now, Two of those cockerels were the meanest, meanest little roosters you could ever imagine. 
And from day one, they would chase me or my siblings around the barnyard, pecking at our bottoms and our feet. And it was really awful. But one of the roosters was an absolute sweetheart. And he was my favorite. His name was Chanticleer. He was a beautiful Rhode Island Red. And he just became dedicated to me. He followed me everywhere. He was kind of like a dog, except for he liked to sit on my shoulder. So a great deal of time was spent with my brood of 12 as I began my farm fresh egg business through my membership in the 4-H club. And when fair season rolled around, I entered Chanticleer and my hens in the appropriate categories, including showmanship. Now, Chanticleer was just such a gorgeous bird, and he was so well-behaved, and he had such an incredible personality that he and I won blue ribbons and were named grand champion in every single competition at every single event, including the California State Fair, wherever we competed. I don't take any credit for winning all these awards. It was truly Chanticleer. I was just along for the ride. And then at fairs outside the county where I resided, it was necessary to enter Chanticleer in what's called open division. It means I wasn't competing against other kids or other 4-H'ers, but I was competing against professional breeders and adult hobbyists. And even as a child, when I was competing in the adult division, Chanticleer still won grand champion. And it wasn't long before I was being heralded as California's champion rooster raiser. And then people were fondly calling me the chicken lady. Now, I must admit that I was a teenager. I was not enamored with either of those titles. It's kind of not that fun to be called the chicken lady or a champion rooster raiser when, when you are a teen. But today I cherish those honors, so I am very happy to be called that. But throughout my teen years, I raised hundreds of hens and several roosters. But to this day, Chanticleer remains my favorite, and he remained the king of the roost, a media star, and a winning companion throughout his life. Now, weeds and grass were fed to all of the barnyard animals, as well as scraps from our table. The hens scratched, they ate worms, they fertilized the yard, and the manure from the chicken coop was shoveled into a pile to age for three years before it would be mixed into the flower beds or into compost. What you need to know about chicken manure, if you are a gardener and getting some from a farm, is it's considered hot. And if you put it directly from the barnyard onto your plants, it's going to burn your plants. So it has to be seasoned, and three years is the recommended time. That's a long time to keep poop around, right? Well, everything was recycled in that perfect circle of organic living. And I gathered my eggs twice a day. I delivered to customers twice a week. And thanks to my mom or my dad, they would drive me around to all the different people. And I saved every single penny and documented every expense and kept records on everything. And I opened my first bank account then and put, you know, all my little pennies and my 30, 40, 50 cents into that bank account. Well, Chanticleer lived a very long, happy life, and I will always be grateful for his friendship and his beautiful stature and, of course, his profitable award-winning deportment. And by the time I was 18, I had indeed earned enough dollars 
from my poultry project and my farm labor jobs and scholarships to pay my college tuition at both UCLA, Cal Berkeley, and the University of Bordeaux in France. And I would say that that is something to crow about. So I encourage you to celebrate the year of the roaster, right? Gung Hei Fat Choi. Well, here are just a couple of tips before I close out today's show for gardening for the rest of the month. And this is for February. You can train a climbing rose up an arch, an arbor, or an obelisk, or a wall and enjoy the strong fragrances of myrrh, tea, and fruit. David Austin roses are actually giving a 15% off coupon with the code ULA if you go to davidaustinroses.com before February 24th. Now, if camellias are falling to the ground, pick them up because otherwise you'll get disease on the mother plant. If you have outdoor drains at your house or on your patio or balcony, make sure they're cleaned out, especially if there's heavy rains. What's happening is that mud will flow down with the water and it'll clog your drains. You want to cut a few branches from willows or or um, pear or peach or um or any fruit tree right now, and then let them open up in your house. They're really, really pretty. Watch out for woodpeckers because they can damage your buildings at this time of the year. Cymbidium orchids, if you've been keeping them outside so that they could overwinter, they can come inside to bloom. You can protect your citrus trees from freezing. If your trees are too large, pick the fruit before freeze because otherwise the fruit's going to fall and it won't even be edible. It tastes really bitter and sour. Place a bouquet of blooms by your bedside for a better night's sleep. Now is the time to plant your favorite blooming bulbs and their pollinator magnets like dinner plate dahlias. Hike a trail that meanders through the woods and the creeks. Um, This is the last chance to get your uh, roses and your vines and your grapevines pruned. And, um, you know, if you are in the area, you want an email me for a consultation I can do it over um, email or Skype. I d- there's just a small fee, Cynthia at CynthiaBryan.com. And crow at the clouds and scratch in the dirts because it is the year of the red fire chicken. So happy gardening and happy growing, and I am honoring the roosters in my life. So thanks for being great listeners and letting me be here with you every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m., Pacific, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern. You can change your life. You can make your dreams come true. And I try to bring you some mindful health and information about happy living and lifestyle choices. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. Please visit Be The Star You Are charity at bethestaryouare.org. Or you can just use the initials if you want to be fast, btsya.org. Org. And also go to my website, CynthiaBryan.com. Until next week, when we celebrate again, remember, love will always win, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. You are the greatest, you are the best, you have something to offer, you are the coolest, just be you, and know that you have already won the race. So th- thank you so much for joining me here on Star Style. Go out into the world and be the star you are. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I hope that you make a difference this week. Join me next week, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 
right here on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel, live. First star style, be the star you are. Have a great week. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.